You're listening to Muscles, Motherhood, and Motivation. I'm your host, Chloe Puff. You know what's really freaking confusing? Food labels. And I'm not going to lie, like even, <laughs> even now, even as someone who has been doing this for a long time, I still sometimes get overwhelmed with food labels. There's just honestly too much happening. Just so much happening. So I actually wanted to kind of break down how to decipher and decode food labels in a very easy way um, at the grocery store so you can feel more empowered to navigate your next shopping trip with ease and honestly just to feel better about the food choices that you're making. So let's dive on in. So first thing to check is the serving size. So when you're reading, you want to make sure that you're trying, you're doing your best to understand what the actual serving size is, um, because the rest of the information on the label is going to be based on that amount. Um, and as you're doing this, I want you to remember too, that the serving size is not calculated for your body. It's based off of the food. So even though a serving might be half a cup, that doesn't necessarily mean that that needs to be your serving, if that makes sense. Uh, so here's the thing, like (laughs) in real life, uh, unless you are currently measuring your food, um, we rarely follow the recommended servings. Um, we tend to probably do a little more damage in terms of portion control. Um, so I use this as a tool to just kind of understand the nutrient density of a food a little bit better rather than using it as uh, a comparison for how much food I should be eating. So after we look at the serving size, we're going to look at the total calories. Keep in mind that we don't need to track every calorie. We don't need to obsess over every calorie. But when we understand the calories in our food, it helps us kind of determine the nutrient density. And ultimately, if we're wanting to live healthier lives, we want our food to be equally delicious and nourishing. So for example, if we're talking about nutrient density, um, a bell pepper is relatively low in calories and high in vitamins and minerals. So it has high nutrient density. Whereas, you know, a box of cereal might have added vitamins and minerals, but does have a lot of fillers and could potentially be really high in calorie and pretty low on the nutrient density scale. Now, this doesn't mean we can't have these foods either. I will say just kind of as a as a caveat, but this is just to help us come from more of an informed place so we can make better decisions for our bodies. And ultimately, we just... I am under, I'm in full belief that we're, we should not be letting calories be like the deciding factor. Um, you know, if we're trying to choose some foods that are more for our comfort and cravings, because when we give ourselves permission to have the things that we love simply because we love them, this is where we begin to heal our relationship with food. But strictly speaking, for the sake of staying on topic, second, we're going to look at calories. And generally speaking, it's just a good way to kind of measure nutrient density. So next we are going to look at, um, the portion control. So the serving size and the number of servings per package can impact how many calories you're actually consuming. So here's the thing. If you're battling with your relationship with food, this can actually be a pain point because we start obsessing over like how much 
to eat. And we get so wrapped up in these numbers that they can actually kind of backfire. So just remember that your portion needs are based on a variety of factors, right? Not just the label. And these factors include like your macronutrient needs, as well as how nutrient dense your food actually is. So in terms of portion, like it's important just to see how many servings are in a package, because if you know you're the type of person that will easily eat three servings in one sitting, like with sneaky snacks, for example, it's just important to know these things because creating awareness can help us create change. So again, not something we're going to obsess over, but just something to take a look at. And this basically gives us insight into the recommended amounts um, of each nutrient and how much it provides in relation to the daily recommended amounts. And keep in mind when looking at this number, the recommended amounts are based off of the human average, not you specifically. And average is considered a 2000 calorie diet Um, But we don't know if that's male or female. We don't know really anything. It's just such a generalization. um, And yet we tend to kind of make the food labels like a rules sheet rather than just information. So again, this is just really getting a snapshot of how nutrient rich a food is. So when we're looking at the percentage daily value, let's say that the the sugar amount is like 50% of the recommended daily average value. Maybe this is a food that you want to skip, or maybe it's something that you want to eat a much smaller portion of if it's something that you really love. Um, Or if you look at a comparable product, it might have a lower sugar content. Um, And, you know, same with the macros and everything. If you're looking at like the percentage of protein and the percentage of um, carbs and fats, it's not necessarily going to be your percentage. Like that's not your daily average but it'll give you a general idea of approximately what the ratio of each is, if that makes any sense. So when we are looking at the labels, we want to watch out for added sugars. And as I say this, (laughs) I have a lot of caveats because that's just who I am. Um, Sugar is sugar. There is no, your body does not know the difference between added sugar and natural sugar. So again, don't let this be a deterrent. If you're going to eat sugar, eat some sugar. It's okay. Um, And, you know, just remembering also that just because it doesn't say sugar, it might say like corn syrup or, um, you know, any sort of syrup, honey, nectar, agave, um, that all counts as sugar. So I personally don't believe that sugar needs to be entirely avoided, but instead just putting it lower on the priority list um, for like bodily needs and focusing more on the macros um, in the labels. So fat, protein, and carbs that are ultimately going to be what fuels your goals. Um, Just as a general tip, things that rhyme with gross (laughs) are typically sugar. So um, sucralose, for example, you might see that a lot on um, food labels. Um, and some of these might be artificial sweeteners as well. And this is something that I would definitely avoid at all costs, artificial sweeteners, because honestly, if you're going to go the sweet tooth route, I am of the belief that, um, sugar is just a better alternative unless there's like a medical need, um, for you to be, um, sugar free. Uh, your body is going to tolerate sugar a little bit better than artificial sweeteners. 
So there are a lot of sneaky sugars in foods, like a lot. (laughs) You wouldn't, I mean, even if you look at pasta sauce, there's sugar in pasta sauce. Um, So you want to just make sure that, you know, is there extra sugar in this that doesn't really need to be there? Is this something that I can make from scratch without sugar? Um, And there's surprisingly high levels of sugar in products that are marketed as healthy, um, like natural yogurts. Um, and just so you know, things that are labeled as like low fat, typically they make up for the lack of fat with an excess of sodium and an excess of sugar. Um, and just so you have reference, 24 grams a day is the recommended amount for sugar. And going back to what I mentioned before is just that we want to try to avoid artificial sweeteners and opt for the most naturally sweetened choice if possible. Because like I said, artificial sweeteners kind of trick our brains and actually aren't the healthier option. So now we're going to get into ingredients because ingredients matter. Um, And in terms of a generalization here, the first ingredient listed is typically the main ingredient. So try and choose products with some sort of whole food or recognizable ingredient listed first, because that is ultimately what's going to make up the bulk of whatever it is that you're purchasing. And keep in mind that not every single thing that you buy has to be the natural or organic or air quote healthy choice. But this tip is really helpful when you're looking at what is going into your body. And keep in mind too that, you know, there are so many organic foods that have very scientific, very hard to pronounce ingredients as well. Um, There is a thing called organic biology. And, you know, even though it is a healthy ingredient, it might look very foreign to you. So like I find, I find that the, the tip of, you know, only choose ingredients that you can pronounce, like in theory is really good and really useful. And also just recognize that, you know, there's going to be some actually very healthy ingredients that are difficult to pronounce too, because they are listed under the scientific name. Next on our label reading cheat sheet here uh, is being mindful of the sodium content. So in general, you want to try to choose products with a lower sodium content, especially if you're trying to reduce your intake. So the daily limit is actually recommended at 2,300 milligrams. And for reference, the good old tried and true cup of noodle is approximately anywhere from like 800 milligrams to 1,200 milligrams of sodium with very low nutritional value. So like the amount of salt you should be eating in a day is approximately two cup of noodles. (laughs) Although I will tell you, if you only have two cup of noodle in a day, you are definitely going to be way under fueling and you're going to feel so bloated. (laughs) So here's my suggestion as a general rule of thumb. When I'm looking at something that is like pre-made, pre-packaged or frozen, um, like frozen meals, things at Trader Joe's, um, things that are just like ready-made, I would try and stay under 400 to 600 milligrams of sodium per serving. Um, because you know, when we buy like the frozen pizza and everything, yes, it's convenient. The trade-off is it is much higher in sodium than if you were to just make it yourself. So if you're able to make it yourself, obviously that's the best choice, but when you can't just try and be aware of kind of staying in between that 400 to 500, excuse me, 400 to 600 or less, ideally less, 
uh, milligrams uh, range for sodium. And lastly, we want to really look at trans fats. So we're going to try to avoid products that have partially hydrogenated oils um, because these types of oils will lower your good HDL cholesterol and kind of bump up your bad LDL cholesterol. And I say good or bad because that just kind of helps us differentiate um, <laughs> kind of the difference between the two. Um, and instead, we want to look for... Uh, monounsaturated fatty acids. And I love the acronym for this. It's MUFA. So we want to look for the MUFA, such as olive oil, avocado oil, and nut oils. Another one that we could look for is polyunsaturated fatty acids. So PUFA, (laughs) which is kind of like a different way to say FUPA, which I think is hilarious. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Examples of polyunsaturated fatty acids would be safflower oil, sunflower oil, and soybean oil. Um, We can also look for omega-3 fatty acids like flaxseed, chia, and um, fatty fish oils like salmon. Um, And lastly, saturated fatty acids from plant-based sources such as coconut oil or palm oil. Um, And listen, like there's so much talk about, you know, certain oils being good or bad for you. I'm not here to have that discussion today. So maybe we can dive into that another time. All I can tell you is the one that we really want to avoid um, is partially hydrogenated oils, okay? So here's some other things that I want to um, help you note as you're looking at these food labels. Um, If you can, it's worth trying to avoid food dyes or artificial fillers if you can, right? And I get it. Like sometimes we just got to have like our nostalgia foods um, or, you know, our tried and true favorites if there's not um, like a healthier option or maybe we just like kind of the the name brand that we're used to. Um, and if you can't eliminate food dyes or artificial fillers, just try to limit the amount um, that you're eating on a regular basis because even lessening the amount of something still will do a whole lot of good. So you don't have to avoid them completely, but just when you can. And here's some other things that I want to note. And I talk, <laughs> I talk a little bit about this actually in episode 30, must know grocery store hacks for the store and home. Um, there is, there's a lot of unsavory marketing out there. So you're probably going to see a lot of labels that, um, have terms like skinny or guilt-free. And the thing is there should not be a single food that makes you feel guilty when you eat it because food is not good or bad. It is neutral. It serves different purpose in the body. And when, you know, we're marketing something as like, you know, you can eat this guilt-free, This just perpetuates disordered eating. It's very harmful to body image. Even if we don't recognize that, I want you to understand that there are so many factors at play as to why you may feel less than happy about your body. Um, Marketing like this teaches us that food is good and bad. Um, And like I said, it's neutral. Um, And even like marketing something as keto or paleo, I just want to note that this doesn't necessarily make it healthier. It just means it adheres to the guidelines of a certain diet or, you know, kind of eating method. 
And ultimately, it does not, again, mean that this food is better or worse than a food that is not labeled keto or paleo, for example. We just generally want to look at the overall quality of the ingredients. We want to look at the macros listed and decide if it's worth purchasing. And remember also that not all foods will have all of the macros and ultimately are going to serve different functions in your body. So you're not like when you're buying a protein bar, you can buy it as balanced as possible, but you're not going to find like the ultimate protein bar that is absolutely perfect and, you know, checks all of the boxes. You're just not. So keep this in mind as you're shopping, you're looking for ingredients. You're not looking for like the perfect food. Make sure that whatever combination of foods that you're eating ultimately will help fuel you and accumulate over the course of the day to make it as well balanced as possible. And again, you don't have to eat like foods that are, you know, that have really, really high quality food labels with, you know, perfectly balanced nutrients and macros and low calorie, etc. Like not every food has to be healthy. And I say healthy in air quotes because that means different things uh, for different foods and for different goals. So in conclusion, when we're looking at food labels, we want to check the serving size. We want to look at the total calories. We want to be aware of the actual portions, the serving size, um, you know, and the number of servings per package. We want to look at the percentage daily value. We want to watch out for added sugars We want to read the ingredients, that's not a word, ingredients list. We want to be mindful of the sodium, and we want to keep an eye on trans fats. And again, food is not one size fits all. So these are just tools that you can use to help make more informed decisions about what you're putting into your body and what purpose it's going to serve. On that note, I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. And as always, be bold be fit.